Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And uh, we want to continue with this that we've been on, give no place. Give no place. And uh, certainly good to see everybody this morning. I want to welcome all of our newcomers. If you've not been with us before, God bless you. Thank you for being here. We hope that the Lord blesses you. As my dad used to say before he went to heaven, we'll treat you so many ways you have to like one of them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any more sense now than it did then, but nonetheless, hallelujah. Uh, give no place. And I've started off with this every, every message, and I want to continue because years ago, years ago, I heard my pastor say something. Pastor Caldwell made a statement, and he said, uh, most Christians are ignorant of spiritual things. And I always say, you know, present company excluded, uh, because that obviously that's not how I feel about you or about anybody in our churches, but... If you look at many Christians that you know, they're largely ignorant of spiritual things. And ignorance is not a bad word, it just means to be without understanding. But nonetheless, if I don't, what I don't understand can hurt me. Amen. Right? That's, that's why you teach a child, don't do certain things. They don't understand. Right? Hallelujah. They, they don't understand. You can't jump off that counter. Right? Or move your hands when you're shutting the car door or whatever. They don't understand. And so my job then is to help people understand spiritual things. And for many, the greatest area of ignorance is where their authority is concerned. And we took 21 services and, and ministered on understanding your authority. But it's one of those things that you can never plumb the depths of it. And so in Ephesians 4, verse 25, Paul says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for you are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Now, I've heard people say, you know, the punctuation in the Bible is not anointed. Well, it's not. But right after the word wrath, there's a colon. That means the sentence isn't finished. So he's not just saying don't lie and don't be sinfully angry. He's saying and explaining if you lie and you're angry without a reason or you're sinfully angry, you give place to the devil. Amen. The way I live, the way I conduct my life is important because I have an enemy who's looking for a loophole. He's looking for a foothold. He's looking for a way into my life. And remember something that Scripture uses these phrases. It talks about the shield of faith quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked. It talks about in 1 John, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And then he made the statement that the person that's born of God, the wicked one, cannot touch him. Right? And I've had people say, well, if the wicked one cannot touch me, how do he get in? Somebody open the door. If somebody gets in your house through the front door, is unlocked. Whose job is it to lock it? My job. Right? So he says, don't lie, don't be sinfully angry. Because it gives place to the devil. The Woosh Bible says, stop giving an occasion for acting to the devil or an opportunity. That's so important. 
Because if I'm in charge of this, I stop him from getting that place. See, religion taught us through years of unscriptural testimony services that the devil was just beating us up and chasing us around. Oh, the devil's after me. Well, stop and kick his rear end. Stop and turn back on him. Like one preacher said, yeah, I got the devil on the run. Ho, ho, ho. Trouble is, I'm running. He's chasing me. It's not funny. Amen. It shows ignorance of his authority. Right? But you remember testimony services. One lady stood up in testimony services and said, I just want to thank the Lord. The devil's been after me all day. Bless his holy name. Well, now, she didn't mean to bless the devil, but you understand what I mean. That's how people talk. Well, the, you know, the devil's after me. And they, they'd come up to you and say, oh, brother, how goes the fight? How's the battle? I finally just started saying, one. It's one. Right? The battle is one. But, <laughs> amen. So, if we as believers who have been given this immense amount of authority and victory and power... If we're aware that the enemy's looking for a loophole, we're going to go around closing doors, shutting windows, locking doors, stopping him from being able to do what he wants to do. Yeah, am, am I right? Amen. So, as believers, we have to understand that one of the devil's main tools is deception. Deception. To deceive. Now, we talked about this some Wednesday night, but there's, there's more to it. In order to exert any authority in our lives, the devil has to keep believers in ignorance. And to keep a believer in ignorance, he has to deceive them. To deceive them. Right? And I talked about the way they train an elephant. Is they start off really young with a, a chain and a stake that that young elephant can't move. And then by the time the elephant is older, well, he could snap that rope and, and pull the stake out of the ground with no problem. But because he grew up thinking he had no power to do that, when he's massive, he still feels that way. Amen. So that's deception. Deception was his tool from the beginning. Notice second, or, uh, 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2. Hallelujah. That's why I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, you know, I'm going through this, but you know what you do? There's nothing you can do about it. Where's that, where's that scripture? Where's that nothing you can do about it scripture? That might be an old religious song, but it's not a scripture. Amen. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 14. Now notice this. I'm using this as an example because I want you to see something. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now I'm, 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 I'm not just talking about Adam and Eve. I want you to see what happened. She was deceived. Now, he wasn't deceived. Doesn't mean he couldn't be. It means the enemy came to her first and deceived her. And then Adam wasn't deceived. He willfully partook. And that's why all through the scripture, it says Adam's transgression. Because he willfully sinned. Amen. But notice, she was deceived. So notice that the enemy had to deceive Eve. Sometimes Eve gets a bad rap. Uh, have you ever been deceived? <laughs> Nervous laughter. So when you get to heaven, you won't be able to look at Eve and Adam and go, what was wrong with y'all? Because they'll say, I don't know what was wrong with you. Amen? Because we live in more light than they lived in. We have God on the inside of us. We have the spirit of truth that resides in us. We, we spent weeks talking about uh, a skilled in the flow. And we have the spirit of truth in us. That w there's no reason we should be deceived. 
because I can check inside and find out, is that true? Right? He had to delude her thinking. That's what this word means. Deceive, it means to cheat or to delude. So you see the devil's idea. He wants to cheat you out of something, and to do it, he's got to delude your thinking. And, and that word delude means to mislead. To mislead the mind or the judgment of the mind. So where does he work? In your mind. He got Eve thinking a certain way. You know, you'll hear people say, well, I just acted without thinking. No, you didn't. You might not have thought very long, but nobody acts without thinking. You can't. You have to think first and then act. If, if you want to get up out of your chair this morning and move one chair to the right, you've got to think about it. You have to. It may not be for very long, but you have to think about it. And the enemy knows if I'm going to deceive them, if I'm going to mislead them, if I'm going to delude their thinking, I've got to get them deceived. Amen. Deception has to do with the mind. It has to do with the thinking. Everything that you're hearing in your life is either, either building on what you know to be the truth or trying to deceive you. Everything. I've had people ask me, do you, do you, have, do you listen to this minister? No. Why would I listen to him? He doesn't believe what I believe. Amen. Well, you know, th this guy's got a, a good revelation. Yeah, but he teaches it's not always God's will to heal. Now, if I listen to that, I can be deceived. Yeah, but he's saved. I, I, I know he's saved, and I, and I thank God for what they're doing. But here's the point. If I listen to that, I can be deceived. And then when sickness comes and knocks on my door, I can be deluded into thinking, maybe God doesn't want to heal me this time. And where did it start? In my thinking. In my thinking. Notice 2 Corinthians 11. Oh, Pastor, it's, it's more teaching on the mind. Right, your, your mind doesn't stay renewed anymore and your hair stays combed. Right, I mean, you, you, you gotta, you get, you've got to get up every day and comb your hair. Fix your hair. Right? Some of us do. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 11 and uh, verse 3. Paul's writing to the church, and he says, But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve. How? Through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Notice that. The word beguiled means to deceive or to seduce completely. To deceive or seduce completely. Now, how did he do that? Scripture says through his subtlety, which is a craftiness, a cunningness, a trickery. But here's something that I saw that, that impacted me. It also means a readiness to do anything. What does that tell us? That there's nothing the enemy won't do. Nothing. There's nothing he won't do. Now, I know you know this, and it may seem like an elementary statement. The devil has no scruples. He has no barriers up about what he feels is okay to do. Jesus called him a liar and a murderer. He said that he only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That doesn't sound like somebody that has any scruples. Any qualms about doing anything. Right? So he has a readiness to do anything. He'll lie, he'll cheat. Here's one. He'll twist the facts. For what purpose? In order to reach his ultimate goal, which is what? Deception. Everything the enemy does, says, or functions in is for one purpose, to deceive. To deceive us as believers. Because listen, he cannot take our authority away from us. 
He cannot stop the exercise of our authority if He doesn't deceive us. Right? When, for instance, when someone prays this prayer, and, and it sounds so religious and it sounds so pious, well, Lord, we pray that you would heal our dear brother if it be your will. That's a deceived person that's praying a prayer of deception. Because what, what did the Bible say? It says the Word is His will. If I see it in the Word, that's the will. I'm not supposed to pray about what's in the Word. The devil knows that. He knows that when you declare the Word of God, it's, it's settled in heaven. It's going to come to pass. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll do it for you. Right? If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. But then deception comes in and says, well, you need to make sure that's God's will. If it's in the Word, it's in the will. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's deception. And, and it's subtle. He'll twist the facts to reach that goal of deception. Amen. Here, here's another thing that he brings up. Well, you know, we've all got our cross to bear. Well, where's that in the Scripture? Well, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your responsibility. Do what you're supposed to do and come follow me. That's your job. That's what he told Peter, remember? Peter said, Lord, what about this guy? What's going to happen to him? Meaning John. And Jesus said, look, whatever happens to him, that's between me and him. You take up your cross. You fulfill your responsibility and do what you're supposed to be doing. There is one cross and Jesus bore it for everybody. Don't be deceived. Am I helping you? Over and over again in the Scripture, and we're going to talk about this in subsequent messages, but over and over again in the Scripture, we're told not to be deceived. Three times in the four Gospels, in, in Matthew 24, uh, uh, Mark 13, Luke 21, Jesus made the same statement. He said, take heed. Take heed means pay attention to yourself, watch for yourself, and he said this, that you're not deceived. So who's in charge of whether or not I'm deceived? Me. I'm in charge of that. So if I'm watching and I'm paying attention, I won't be deceived. Amen. Glory to God. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. Because my concern in the season we're in, in our nation, is there's so much deception and so many people listening to it. Amen. And, 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 and when, when you start listening to deception, you're putting yourself at risk. I've had people say, well, did you hear what so-and-so said about that? And I don't care what they're saying about it because it's deception. <laughs> listen, if a guy lied last week, don't turn around and listen to him for truth this week. Right? They caught her in a lie. Well, why are you listening to her today? It's deception. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now, he's not done talking. In whom, or we could say those are the ones that the God of this world has blinded their minds of them which believe not, why did he blind the minds? Why did he darken the perception? Why did he delude the thinking? So that the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, couldn't shine to them. Amen. So Satan, the God of this world, obscures people's perception through their minds. That's his job. That's why you got to walk by faith. Because he tries to darken the perception, to obscure the perception. Anyone that has the obscurity taken away from their minds will be saved. Anybody. 
If that mind blinding's gone, they'll be saved. Amen. Amen. So think about this. If he can't stop you from being saved, there's nothing he can stop you from doing. Right? I mean, think about that. I don't, I don't know everybody's testimony, but I'm sure there are people in here before you got saved, you were, you were lost. I mean, you were number one, a number one lost. Right? But when the opportunity came for you to get saved, you just got saved. There was nothing the devil could do about it. Why? Because you made a choice to believe the truth. Amen. You've got to get up every day. Remember, every day is a faith day. You've got to get up every day and choose to walk in your authority, choose to say, I, by humble faith, received the authority that was given to me by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I sit in that authority this morning, and I take authority over every power of the enemy. I plead the blood over my spirit, soul, and body. You're not welcome in my life. You're not welcome in my home. You're not welcome in my marriage. You're not welcome in my family in the name of Jesus. Right? Yeah, but my kids aren't acting right. They're blind. They're just blind. They're just blind. Don't be deceived. I'm going to say this by the Spirit of the Lord. There's nothing anybody's children are involved in in here where sin is concerned that God can't fix. Yeah, but that's a bad thing. Yeah, it was all bad. There are people in here that before you got born again, you never cussed. You never ran around. You were pretty much a moral person, and you were still going to hell. You were still as lost as a goose in a Texas hailstorm. You didn't know where you were going, what, what end was what, north from south. You were lost. You were just a sinner, but God saved you. There were people in here, you knew you were a sinner. You knew how bad of a sinner you were. But when you chose to believe, the lights came on, the darkness left, and you got born again. This is the season, this is the time, this is the day that our families get saved and born again by the power of God. It's going to happen. Well, when's it going to happen? When is not your problem. When is not up to you. It's going to happen. Why? Because I'm taking the authority over it. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, they have a free will. Yeah, but I can use my authority to have the Holy Spirit and the angels and the Word influence their will. Amen. Am I helping you? That's his job. He can't steal from you. He can't make you sick. He can't destroy ministries. He can't just kill people. They got to let him. They have to let him. That's, that's why I taught Wednesday night on how he is a fallen one. The world has this idea, and Hollywood's painted this picture of the devil here and God here, and there's some kind of arch enemies, and they're both on the same level, and the devil has as much power as God just in an evil fashion. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's absurd. Three times, I read to you three times from the Word of God, Wednesday night, the devil's cast down. The devil's been cast down. Amen. He is a fallen being. He is just as time-bound as you are. He's locked into this earth. He don't like people to know that. The devil is not omniscient, all-knowing. He doesn't know what's going to happen in five minutes. Yeah, but he's a spiritual being. Yes, he is a spiritual being, but he's not God. Only God is all-knowing. Hallelujah. So the devil makes, he makes, he takes notes. And he watches patterns. And he can predict what a person's going to do by past behavior. And then he does what? He masquerades as an angel of light that knows more than he knows. Right? I had a person that when they were not born again, uh, they went to a, uh, 
a palm reader. Now, I've, I've never been, so I don't know the process, but here's the point, is that palm reader sat down and told them things that had happened in their husband's life from the past, and even predicted an early death for him. Well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> the life he was living, I could have predicted an early death. Right? The devil knew the life he was living. And they probably helped kill him because they started speaking what that woman had said. Well, how would she know all those things? She didn't know anything about the future. She knew everything about the past because the devil knew everything about the past. Don't be misled. Don't be deceived. He doesn't know what's going to happen in your life. And that's why he'll come and say, well, you know, this is going to... And you need to tell him, hey, Slick, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You have no information about that at all. I'm going to tell you how it's going to go. I'm going to win. I'm going to overcome. I have the victory. I'm more than a conqueror. My family's saved. My needs are met. My body's healed. I'm well and whole and blessed. That's how it is. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Glory to God. Glory. I am blessed. Woo, glory. You are blessed. Ha, 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 ha. I believe God. Amen. So he's talking about things he has no knowledge of. Ha ha. And if he can't get you to pull back, there's nothing he can do. Right? He needs your cooperation to allow him to mind, blind your mind. No, not going to happen. Because he's not what he tries to make himself out to be. But you'll hear Christians say, well, you know, the devil's a lion. Scripture doesn't say that. It says he's like, he acts like a lion. He, he functions like a lion would function. He looks around for prey. Didn't call him a lion. There's only one the Bible calls a lion, and it's our king and our savior, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it says, he prevailed over the enemy. Hallelujah. Well, you know, the devil's a flood. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Didn't say that. Uh-huh, pastor. It said, he comes in like a flood. Like, 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 like a flood. Not a flood, like a flood. In other words, his method of operation is quick and fast and he tries to overwhelm you. Because that's the only shot he's got. If he don't know what he's, he's not built for the long haul. You can outlast him. You can outtalk him. You can outfight him. Amen. He he won't he won't he's not patient enough to hang out. Now he's persistent, but he's not patient enough. That's why he tries to overwhelm you. Think about that for a moment. When was the last time the enemy just started something gradual, you know, in your life? Eventually, it's going to be he tries to overwhelm you. He doesn't come to you and say, yeah, you're going to have a hard time financially this month. He comes and says, you're going to go broke. You're going under. Right? That's a lie. Amen. Say that out loud. That's a lie. Now, if you know he's a liar, don't listen to him. Amen. Glory to God. Well, he can't steal from you. But people will say, well, he stole from me. They let him. Can't make you sick. Yeah, but he's the one that makes sick. Right, he's got sickness, but he can't make me sick. Understand what that means. He cannot make you be sick. I got to take the lie. 
Yeah, but you know, I'm fighting this in my body. Right, but what are you doing? You're fighting it. What did you do this morning? You got up and said, I'm well. What did your body say? You're not well. But what did you say? I am well. Who's, who's the authority? My body's not in charge. My mind's not in charge. I'm in charge. My spirit's in charge. The devil's not in charge. You need to be like that little rebellious child. You're not the boss of me. Amen. You're, you're not going to tell me what I need to do and what I can do. Glory be to God. Amen. You need to right now just point your finger at the devil. You know he's under your feet. And say, devil, you have no authority over me. And I'm not going to stop today. I'm not going to stop tomorrow. You're not going to steal from me today or tomorrow. Any time in my life, you are defeated. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you see that? He cannot destroy anybody unless they let him. Look, look, look at Acts chapter 1. Oh, Lord, it's early yet. I've already preached myself happy. Glory to God. I've had people to say, you know, when he gets happy, he runs. Amen. Yes, sir. Acts 1, verse 15. Now, this is an important scripture because, of course, they're in the upper room here. And it says, in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said to the number of names. The number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must be fulfilled with the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas, who was guide to them that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part, notice, of our ministry. Now this is important because I want you to see this. Judas wasn't a peripheral part of this ministry. He was inside. He wasn't one of the 70. He was one of the 12. He was the accountant. He was the money holder. Now we know this, but notice it says he had obtained part of the ministry of Jesus. Do you see this? He was on his staff. Notice verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric, or his office, let another take. Now years ago, I had this come up in my spirit when I read that. This didn't just happen. He didn't just one day decide to give up part of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus had told them what they were going to do. Remember, he, he told the 12 uh, uh, apostles, disciples, he said, you're going to sit on 12 thrones and you're going to judge the nation of Israel. So this wasn't, Jesus just wasn't talking about natural. He was talking about eternal. The enemy is trying to cheat people out of far more than just temporal blessings. Just temporal things. Eternity's at stake. Rewards are on the line. Are you following me? What God has called you to do is so important that the Scripture says you'll receive a reward for it. Whether you're a minister, a lay person, whatever you're called to do, whatever it is, there is a reward accumulating in heaven right now for you. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Look at John 13. So this didn't just happen. John 13 and verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. 
One translation, the Beck translation says, Satan had already put the idea of betraying Jesus into his mind. Now, the King James says, into the heart. Now, why is that important? Because to get it into your heart, he's got to get it into your mind. If the devil gets something in here, it's because it came through here. Brother Hagin wrote in his book, The Triumphant Church, he made the statement, and you may or may not have read it. If you haven't read it, we have it available. But in any event... Uh, there was a woman that was a pastor's wife, and, and for the sake of time, I won't, I won't drag it out. But she was a very beautiful woman, very talented, was a very good singer. And uh, uh, he said that the, the beginning of it, the story was she had left her husband and went and was living with different people. She was not in a good state. And the Lord took him and showed him. She, would, she was in church and working in the church, and the enemy came to her one day and said, you're being cheated in life. You could have all this fame and notoriety. Nobody appreciates you in the church. And Jesus said, she recognized that as the devil and said, no, that's not my thought. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Devil left. A few months later, he came back and said the same thing. She rebuked it. He left. A few months later, three or four times, the enemy did this. Finally, about the fourth time, she said, yeah, that's right. Nobody does appreciate me. And he said in the spirit, he could see, she was transparent, he could see like a, a, a pin dot of darkness start in her mind. That's how it starts. Like the guy that went to the, 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 the car lot, and he got out and he's walking through the car lot, and the salesman came and said, how can I help you? And the guy said, I'm just looking. He said, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Recognize that. There are thoughts that are not just thoughts. As a matter of fact, there are no thoughts that are unimportant. If you're thinking it, if it's a thought, something trying to get something into your life. Amen. And so he said, I saw that grow. She, she kept persistent in sin and he said I saw that grow and he talked about the three levels that people walk into all right which is which is uh, uh, they, they start with being obsessed by a thought all right they, 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 they start by thinking it and then obsession shows up and then if they don't guard themselves then possession is the next step and people will say, well, the Christian can't be possessed by a devil. A Christian cannot be possessed by a devil if they don't want to be possessed by a devil. You're a closed system. The enemy can't just come and possess you. He'll try to oppress you and obsess you with the goal of possession. Amen. There are people on the sound of my voice, you, over the last few months, you've been fighting that oppression of the enemy. It's been a mental oppression, like a heaviness. You've got to shake it off. You've got to shake it off. You have the authority to shake it off. Amen. Well, this woman persisted in living the life that she was living, and, and, and a, a, a minister went to her, a Pentecostal minister. The Lord led him to the hotel room where she was living with this man, and she was singing in the nightclubs and doing these different things. And he knocked on the door, and she opened the door. And she looked at him, and she said, I know why you're here, and I know why you've come. And she said, I got a statement for you. As far as this Jesus is concerned, to hell with him. I don't want anything to do with him. Now, those are her words, not mine. And Brother Hagin said, at that moment, I saw that, that dot about the size of a half dollar go down in her spirit, and her whole body went black. And Jesus said, now she's possessed. There's nothing I can do about it. He said, when she was living in sin with three men that was not her husband, she could have asked me to forgive her, and I would have forgiven her and washed her clean. But where did, now here's my point in saying that. Where did that start? Nobody appreciates you. Nobody appreciates you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody regards your talents. Pastor, don't think anything about you. Pastor, don't think you're anointed. 
Pastor, don't think your ministry is worth anything. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say that. The day and age we live in, I'm going to make a, a, a statement. It is less important now than ever whether you get to show everybody how anointed you are. It's that you're doing what God asked you to do wherever you're at. It's, it's not about them seeing my revelation or my anointing or my abilities or my giftings. It's about are we doing what God wants us to do as a body and individually? Is your neighbor hearing the gospel? Are the people at, at, at your job, do they, do they know the truth of what's going on in the world right now? This is what's important. And it started with nobody cares about me. Hallelujah. I can help you with this. It defeats the devil every time. Expect nothing from anybody and be grateful for everything. That stops the enemy. Oh, well, they don't appreciate you. Well, they don't have to. I'll say that again. Expect nothing and be grateful for everything. Am I helping you with this? How long did Judas think on this? I don't know, but he thought till his mind was blinded. He thought on it so much that when the woman broke the alabaster box and, and anointed Jesus with that sweet-smelling perfume, Judas said, this is a waste. How do you go from believing this is the Son of God, the Christ, to saying this is a waste. If he's the son of God, the anointed one, is there anything that's too good for him? Nothing. But when you're deceived, when your mind is blinded, then thoughts like that come out. Amen. Lord, I'll say that. Never, never give in to self-pity. That's deadly. That's deadly. Well, nobody likes me. Nobody cares about me. That's not your thought. That, that's not your thought. That's an attempt of the enemy to rob from you. Amen. You, you remember the, the account of, of, of Ahab and Jezebel? And Ahab went to Naboth's vineyard. And he went to Naboth, and what did he say? You can read it at home. He said, he said uh, sell me your vineyard. Or I'll give you one better than it. And what, remember what Naboth said? He said, the Lord forbid that I should give you my inheritance. He wasn't being ugly. The Lord had said, you don't sell your inheritance. Amen. Remember what Ahab did? Went home in the middle of the day. He's got a country to run. He gets up in bed, turns his face to the wall, and pouts. Right? Now, I know you've heard the story, but you never heard of how I tell it. Jezebel came in. Right? You know what she said? Hey, honey, what's wrong? Oh, baby, here, turn around. You're, you're, I can't hear you. I can't understand you. What's wrong? Naboth won't give me his vineyard. Oh, honey, you sit up here. Mama will get that vineyard for you. And she sat down and wrote a letter. And he knew about it. And said, have a feast and bring Naboth and, and make him the guest of honor. And when everything's going well, have two liars stand up and say he blasphemed God and then kill him. They're plotting a murder. And it started with what? Self-pity. I feel sorry for myself. He won't give me that vineyard. Amen. What was that? Deception. Deception. Anytime you hear those words, nobody cares about me. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, there's no physical person that cares about me. Yeah, but there's one that went to the cross for you. Somebody always cares about you. 
Amen? Casting all your care on Him because He cares for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen? It says He loves you with an everlasting love. That's a lie of the devil to think somebody doesn't care about you. Amen? And they killed that man. They killed him. And then what's even as bad is, is Ahab, when he heard from Jezebel, Naboth's dead, go get your vineyard. He went. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Self-pity. That's deception. I said, that's deception. Yeah, but my time's passing me by. They don't recognize my gifting. They don't recognize my anointing. They don't recognize my talent. Well, now, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's that gifting and anointing and talent for? It's for the king. It's, it's for the Lord. It's, it's to make much of what he wants in your life. Not that people could see it. Not that people will pat you on the back. Listen, I've had people tell me that I'm the greatest preacher they've ever heard in their life, and the next week call me the devil's cousin. It, <laughs> people are fickle. They, they say one thing one day and another thing the next day. And if you base your... Uh, 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 feelings on how people think and what people say, you're in trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. If Satan can get something in your mind and get you to believe something that's incorrect, it'll create a stronghold. Amen. Do you see that? It'll create a stronghold. Look at, at John 14 and 30. I'm helping you. I had to learn that years ago. Don't believe what anybody says about you, good or bad. Good or bad. Amen. Because if you're immune to the praise, you'll be immune to the criticism. If what people say about you that is praiseworthy doesn't bother you and affect you, what people say about you critically won't bother you. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't compliment people and be nice. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, as, as, a, as a man of God, as a woman of God, I've got to make sure that when people say, boy, that was a good message, boy, that was good this, that was a good that, thank God, praise God, I'm glad it was a blessing, amen, and receive it as what it is. It's somebody saying, I'm thankful for what God's doing through you. Amen? And then if you're immune to that, you'll be immune to the criticism. Hallelujah. John 14 and 30. Jesus said, Hereafter I'll not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me. Notice, prince of this world has nothing in us. Oh, him? Remember the story about Wigglesworth? He's asleep, and he said, I woke up and noticed a presence in my room, and the devil was standing at the foot of the bed. They said, what'd you do? He said, I said, oh, it's just you, and went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but it was the devil. Yeah, he's a fallen one. He's despicable. He, oh, you, oh, listen, you give him no respect, no honor. None. He's an enemy of everything that's good. Amen. Well, you better respect his power. No, he has power, but it has no power over me. Amen. I have all authority and all power over him. Amen. 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 That doesn't mean you don't know he has power. He does have power, but he can't use it over me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Does that make sense? That's like somebody coming in your backyard trying to whoop your child. This is not going to work. No. Right? You got authority across the way, but you have no authority here. Amen. The Bible says the devil has authority over those that have been blinded by him who are under his sway, Ephesians chapter 2. But it says we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the power of the kingdom of the Son of God. And the enemy has no authority over us. So therefore, I don't respect him as having an ability to do damage in my life when I'm delivered from the power of the enemy. 
Glory to God. Do you see that? And so you talk about him in terms of defeat. Amen. I told you the story. Dr. Les Summerall was in Hawaii going there to build a, a full power television station. And he said, I was in my room. He had his back turned to the, to the other part of the room. And he said, all of a sudden, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I felt this cold chill in the room. And he said, uh, I, I knew the devil was there. And he said, he spoke to me and said, I don't want you in these islands. You get out of here. And Dr. Summerall said, I went, huh, I don't care what you want. You get out of here. In the name of Jesus. He said, it took a moment, but he left. You know, he said something one time that blessed me because he said on three different occasions, he said, I've had the devil ask me, let me show myself to you. And he said, every time I told him, no, you're not going to reveal yourself to me. People say, can we do that? Yeah. Folks, if demons are present in a believer's home, they're letting them be there. The door is being opened somewhere. Amen. I remember one time we used to live, we used to live out in Perryville. And uh, we were there getting the house together and and moving in. And uh, all of a sudden, up the porch and in the front door came this little terrier dog. Just like she lived there. Amen. Well, how'd the dog get in? Door was open. If you hear the dog scratching on the front door and you don't want him in the house, don't open the door. Right? That, that's just the plain truth of it. So he said, no, you go. I'm staying here. Everything you want to do, the devil's going to tell you you can't do it. When you start believing for the salvation of your family, he's going to say they're too far gone. There's no hope. He'll tell you they've committed the unpardonable sin. Most people that will say that don't even know what that is. If you ask most people, what's the unpardonable sin? Um, 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 blasphemy. Well, what's blasphemy? Um, 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 um. The Bible says the unpardonable sin is attributing the works of God to the devil. You can't keep doing that. That's what Jesus said was blasphemy. Somebody can shake their fist at God and say, I hate you. That's not blasphemy. Stupid, but it's not blasphemy. I'm done with God. I'm walking away. I'm going to live my life my way. That's not blasphemy. That's dumb. Well, I raised them right. They're doing what? They're doing. They're not living the way I raised them. Well, I I understand that. And and the Bible says all like sheep have gone astray. Everybody's turned to their own pathway. But don't give the devil credence in in that area. They're letting the devil blind their minds. They're letting the devil deceive them. And just like they let the devil deceive them, we are setting events in motion whereby they will hear the gospel and be saved. Amen? The Lord told Pastor Caldwell, if you always do things the way I tell you, Satan can never get in your church. That's powerful to me. Because he looks, he's lurking, he's seeing if he can get in. That's why you don't mess with strife. You don't mess with offense. You don't mess with being sinfully angry. Avoid strife at all costs. Amen. Avoid it. get, Get away from it. What, if you've got to get up from the table and walk away, don't listen to people talk about preachers. Don't be on the other end of talking about preachers. Yeah, but that guy's saying, none of your business. Yeah. It's none of your business. Amen. Yeah, but it just bothers me. Preachers supposed to be holy and sinning. Mm-hmm. It just bothers me when church members supposed to be holy and sinning. Right? That's strife. That's touching God's anointed. Matter of fact, if you talk about any believer, you're touching God's anointed. Because the Bible says we have an anointing that's in us from the Holy One. All of us are anointed. 
Amen. Do you see that? Don't, don't be on that end of it. Get up and leave. Walk away. Don't talk about it. Hallelujah. I told you the story one time, something the Lord told me to say about one of my children, that they're following the plan of God for their life. And I said that at a family get-together. And they said, now, you know, we family members said, now, you know, I understand what you're saying. You know, you're trying to keep your words right and, and all this. But tell me the truth. How's it really going? I said, they're following the plan of God for their life. They said, now, come on, be real. I mean, drop the preacher and be real. Tell us, how's it really going? And I said, okay. I'll tell you how it's really going. They're following the plan of God for their life. Not going to get in strife. This is how it is. Right? Because why? It opens a door. Don't criticize. If you go to a church, if you go to this church, if, if, if you can't get in agreement with something that's going on, go somewhere where you can get in agreement. Because you can't avoid, afford the strife. You can't afford it. Amen. Amen. That word prince, the prince of this world, it means magistrate or first in rank. So in all the demonic kingdom, he's first in rank. But notice John 12. John 12 and verse 31. I'm doing good on time. <laughs> Am I helping you this morning? Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out. Think about this. When? Now. Jesus said, now this was written approximately 2,020 years ago. Now, then, is the judgment of this world. Now, when, at the cross, at that moment, will the prince of this world be cast out? Jesus defeated Satan. Do you believe that? Yes. Then say it out loud. Jesus, Jesus defeated Satan. Defeated. Say this. Satan, Satan is, a is a defeated foe. Mm. Do you see that? The last enemy to be put underfoot is death. Death is an enemy. Hallelujah. But guess what? Jesus has the keys and authority over it. Death has no power over us. We just pass through it. Death has no power to hold us. The problem under the old law, under the covenant, was people died, and even though they were born again, they went to Abraham's bosom, but death still had a hold on them. Death has no hold on us. The only thing that dies is this physical body. And for the believer, it just outlives its usefulness. Amen. Look at John 16. John 16. The Bible has a lot to say about the devil being defeated. Verse 11, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. We talked about that in Skilled in the Flow. Satan's end is sealed. Now, when I say this, you may say, well, that's elementary. Satan can never be saved. His end is sealed. His end is written. This is what's going to happen to him. So his defeat has already occurred. He's just acting like it hasn't. Too many believers are acting like it hasn't. Is, is cancer a work of the devil, Mary? When you laid hands on that lady the other day, did it show you that you have authority over that work of the devil? Laid hands on that woman with lung cancer, couldn't breathe. But before she got her hands off of her, she was shouting, saying, I can breathe. I can breathe. Am I right? And then she called her back and said, just checking in. I want to let you know. I've been walking around outside. I'm feeling great. I can still breathe. Everything's great. Right? Amen. 
So that's a tool of the enemy, but it's a tool we have power over. Amen. I'm declaring over you. Everyone in this room will live a long, strong life. You will live long and you will live strong. You will live out your days on this earth. And when you get ready to go to heaven, you'll simply draw your feet up in your bed and leave. You'll not leave sick. You'll not leave in pain. You'll not leave broke. You will leave like the blessed of the Lord. And you will leave this earth when your race is done in Jesus' name. And not one minute before. Glory to God. Amen. So he can't be saved. His end is sealed. It's over for him. It's done. He knows it. We know it. We enforce the, the, the end. When I was a boy growing up, there was a statement in the church, and it was this. When the devil starts talking about your past, talk to him about his future. I say it this way. Talk to him about his present. He's defeated now. I'm not waiting to go to heaven to defeat the devil. He's defeated now. Right now. Right now. Right now. He's judged. He's cast out. He's defeated. Right now, Satan has no, nothing in you. No power over you. No power in you. He can't manipulate you. He can't deceive you. He can't defeat you because I choose not to be deceived or defeated. I choose not to. And you need to let him know that. You can't deceive me. Shut your lying mouth. <laughs> we sing that song in church. Remember, blessed. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm blessed in the north, blessed in the south. Devil, shut your lying mouth. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm blessed. Mm-mm. In, in, in John 18, 36... There's a lot, I know, I'm almost done. John 18 and 36. You can't, you can't preach this series in like three months. It's just, it takes longer than that. <laughs> Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight that, it, that, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Now here's what I want you to see. Even though Satan's the god of this world, has no authority over us because the kingdom is not of this world. Mm. He's not our god. Hallelujah. But you know, you watch, a mo watch movies and they'll use biblical terms for him. You know, oh, a polygon, a baton. Just means destroyer. That's what he does. Seal, kill, and destroy. That's what it means. And they show him some 20-foot-tall, fire-breathing monster that just is wreaking havoc. Nothing could be further from the truth. James 4, 7 says, If you resist, the word resist means to stand up or to set yourself against that the devil will flee from you. And that word flee means to run and hide as if in terror. And I asked you this question the other night. So from that statement in the book of James, who seems to know they're really in trouble? One time I had a friend. We called him Pee Wee. You can imagine why we called him Pee Wee. Not politically correct today, but we called him Pee Wee. And, and he was about four foot nothing. In Spanish we would say, chiquito. Right? I mean, that's with his boots on. He came about right here. And, and he had been in the army, and so he had kind of bulked up as much as he could. And he got out of the army, and he really thought he was something. And so one, 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 one day he decided he would mess with this older guy that I knew you didn't mess with. <laughs> he was giving him a hard time. The guy was just sitting there minding his own business. Man, this, this gentleman's name was Randall, and he turned around, bam, hit him right here. Knocked Pee Wee out of his class ring. I... You, you know, it, it sounds funny. He, he kind of scooted on his bottom up to the wall and just, he was out. I mean, it was, it was, it was a one-hit wonder. One hit and he wondered. 
Right? That's how it is with the enemy. He has nothing in us. Now let me finish with this. If you go into the devil's territory and play around, you're foolish. The lady, lady called Raymond one time. Brother Keith was working the, the phones there at Raymond. And a lady called and said, I want you to answer me a, que- ask, uh, answer me a question. He said, well, I, I will if I can. And she said, I want you to ask, answer me why uh, I went down to witness in this part of town and the Lord let me get robbed and they knocked me in the head and took my purse and robbed me. I want you to tell me, I quoted Psalm 91. I declared God over me. Why would that happen? And he said, of course, right then, I, I didn't have the right answer, so I, I just kind of had to look inside. And he said, all of a sudden, it floated up to me. I said, uh, uh, did the Lord tell you to go there? And it got real quiet. And she said, uh, no. She said, as a matter of fact, I kind of had a feeling I shouldn't go. Now, listen, we've all done that. Every one of us. So how was the devil able to steal, kill, and destroy from her? Because she wasn't where she should have been. Open the door. Amen? But listen, here I'm going to end with this. If we don't play by his rules, he can't win. I have inside information. You have inside information. We win. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, you hear something like that, it just makes you want to go out and hunt him. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because he's been lying.